Welcome to the Creekwood Church Podcast. At the end of this episode, please take a moment to download our new free app, which is the best way to listen to messages and keep up with everything happening at Creekwood Church. We hope this message inspires you and helps you discover practical ways to live a life of purpose. Enjoy. Wow, happy Mother's Day. Goodness, I'm just so tickled to be on this stage today. You know, I heard a quote earlier this week that said, life doesn't come with a manual, it comes with a mother. And then I heard... Behind every great kid is a mom who's sure she's screwing everything up, right? So I don't know what kind of manual my sons will be receiving from me, but anyway, men, if you haven't already handled Mother's Day, um, yeah, it's a little too late, but I'm going to give you a home run approach today. Men, the moms in your life, we want two things. We want to be we want to take a nap, okay, and we want to be off the clock. Basically, we want you to handle all of life today, and then we want you to clean it up. All right? That's it. That's it. That's easy. All right. Well, I'm not a guest, and I'm not a speaker, so I'm not really sure where that leaves us today. But a lot of times, when we have a guest speaker, they bring a photo of their family to share with us. And so, um, you know my husband, Brad, you've probably seen my two boys running around the church. So I thought I'd bring a picture of the family that I grew up in. All right, so this is, a, this is the family that I grew up in. This was taken probably about 1981. And I can tell you it was most definitely taken for the church directory. Because you could not get my dad in a suit otherwise, okay? So you have my sister, Crystal. She's down here uh, giving us the cold shoulder in that blue dress before cold shoulders were popular. All right, then you have me uh, right up above her. And because this was taken for a church directory, I was covering my shoulders so as not to cause my brothers in Christ to stumble, Okay, And then you have my brother Jeff, and Jeff is sporting the chili bowl haircut that was never on trend, not even in 1981, okay? Then you have my sweet sister Jana, she's down here at the bottom, she has long luscious locks, Um, she's probably about two in this picture, and she's just so stinking cute and sweet that I really can't say anything about her. (laughs) Um, You have my bad to the bone, rad dad. And let me tell you, um, his beard's not quite so long here because I think my mom probably made him trim it for this church directory picture, but he can grow a beard that would rival any millennial beard that you see walking around today. All right, and then you have my beautiful mama. And is, is she wearing a Gucci belt? No, 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 that's a, that's a sailor belt, and that was on trend in 1981, all right? And the four of us, we gave my parents a run for their money in our own different ways, but let me tell you, my brother, Jeff, he is 51 years old now, and he was diagnosed with diabetes at the age of one, and in his 51 years of life, he has had a pancreas transplant, he's had a kidney transplant, 
He's lost both of his legs to diabetes. He's lost the eyesight in both of his eyes to diabetes. He's been in and out of comas, and we have come close to losing him more than twice. But let me tell you what. You do not know love until you see a mama fighting with every bone and breath in her body to keep her son alive. And my mama is one of the strongest women that I know. And so today, I honor my mama on this Mother's Day. I love you, mama. So today, I'm going to take you through a passage in the Bible that I feel can apply to all of our lives. And that passage is found in Ezekiel chapter 37. So if you brought your Bible with you today, go ahead and turn to Ezekiel chapter 37. It's in the Old Testament. In this passage, it's about God taking Ezekiel for a walk. He's taking him kind of like on a spiritual walk. It's like a vision, if you will. And we're going to start reading in chapter 37, verse 1. It says, The hand of the Lord was upon me, and he brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord and set me in the middle of a valley. It was full of dry bones. He led me back and forth among them, and I saw a great many bones of the floor on the floor of the valley, bones that were very dry. So this valley that God is walking him through, it's a valley full of dry bones, lifelessness, emptiness. And verse 2 of Ezekiel chapter 37 says that the bones were very dry. They had been there a while. These aren't like buzzards had freshly picked off these bones. These were like CSI found a body from 70 years ago kind of bones. These bones were scattered all across the valley. This is Death Valley. There was nothing left but dryness. And God is walking Ezekiel back and forth through this valley. He doesn't have him glance at it. He's having him walk back and forth. And Ezekiel's like having to step over these bones as he's walking. And I'm sure Ezekiel looked at that valley of dry bones and he wondered, God, why am I here? I'm going to be honest with you for just a minute. I mean, I'm going to be honest with you for this whole thing, but just for this moment. I want to let you know that I struggled with this message this week. I heard a message similar to this spoken by a lady. Um, Her name is Charlotte Gamble, and it just stuck in my spirit. And I kept asking the Lord, why? Why why do you have me here? Like Ezekiel is thinking, you know, why am I in this valley? Why do you have me here in this passage? It's Mother's Day. You know, I need to be speaking lovey-dovey, happy Mother's Day. You're doing a great job keeping your kids alive, you know? But here I'm speaking about bones, and I'm speaking about dead bones. It's kind of morbid on Mother's Day. And so I asked for the Lord to just give me some confirmations, you know, little, little things he confirmed through songs or through conversation. But Brad and I went on Friday. Our sweet sister, Sierra Henderson, graduated um, from UTA on Friday. And so we went to celebrate with her at her graduation ceremony. And Brad and I walk into the arena. We sit down. I sit down next to a young man, and he's by himself. And I'm thinking, okay, 
I'm an introvert. I don't like to start conversation, but we're here for three hours. I need to make the best of this, right? So I turned to him and I said, hey, who are you here to see graduate? And he said, I'm here to see my girlfriend. I said, okay. I said, are you still in school? And he said, no. He said, I used to manage the KFC. And he said this, he said, and don't get me wrong, I loved chicken, but I don't enjoy managing people. So I work for UPS now. And I said, okay. I said, I love chicken. You know, I don't enjoy managing people either. We're on the same page. And so I asked him, I said, so what is your girlfriend getting her degree in? And he said, she is actually graduating from the School of Paleontology. If you don't know what paleontology is, it's the study of dry bones. (laughs) Okay? And I'm like, paleontology? He said, yeah, paleontology, like bones. And I'm like, yeah, I kind of know a little bit about bones this week, you know? And so I asked him, I said, do you mean like she wants to be like Dora the Explorer, like uncovering dinosaur bones? And he said, no, and as God is my witness, these are the words that came out of his mouth. He said, she actually wants to be like the whole CSI found a body kind of paleontologist. And I'm like, you just said exactly word for word what I had written on Monday, CSI found a body. And so by the end of the graduation, he's cheering Sierra on. We're cheering Dora, I mean, uh, Kelsey, his girlfriend, on. We're going to meet for chicken later on this week, you know. But let me tell you, God is good. I don't know who this message is for today. But God confirmed it through a real-life paleontologist, Okay. So I'm sure Ezekiel looked at that valley of dry bones, and he's wondering, God, why am I here? And the thing is, we all have places in our lives that might resemble a valley full of dry bones. Valleys are places that can be dark, places that seem to close in on you, places that seem to have no escape. And some of you are here on Mother's Day, and I'm aware that it's a great celebration. Maybe you've had breakfast in bed. You have lots of homemade cards, lots of hugs and kisses. But I'm also aware that for many of you, it can be a painful day. It can be a painful day. Maybe you've lost your mom. She's gone on to be with Jesus in heaven. Or maybe you um, have a broken relationship with your mother. That relationship isn't there anymore. Maybe you've always wanted to be a mother, and it just hasn't happened for you, and you just don't know why. Maybe you've had a miscarriage, or you've lost a child. And so I know on Mother's Day, there's all kinds of emotions, and days like this can bring up dry bones. So for a moment, I want you to allow God to walk you through the valley, whatever your dry bone may be. Maybe it's a failing marriage. Maybe it's a dry or broken relationship. Maybe it's a son or daughter, a prodigal son or daughter, that you are just begging to make a U-turn. And I want you to think about the places in your life that you're wondering if God will work a miracle. Because when we're surrounded by things that are broken or with no hope, we usually turn to God and we ask, God, why? Why am I here? What are you doing? Why aren't you fixing this? Why? What's going on? What are you going to do about this? 
But you know, it's quite significant to notice that in this passage, God's starting place is at our lowest place. His starting place is in the valley of dry bones. And before Ezekiel could ask, God, why am I here? God actually beats him to the punch. And he asks Ezekiel a question. God looked at Ezekiel in verse 3, and he asked him, Son of man, can these bones live? Can these bones live? And I think God wants to ask you the same question. We actually have to ask the question as it pertains to the dry situations in our own lives. And we have to answer the question, can these bones live? Can this marriage survive? Can I see healing when I feel there's no hope? Can I see my barren womb come to life? Can I see a financial breakthrough? Will these dreams awaken in me? Can my heart be whole again? Can these bones live? And God wanted Ezekiel to answer that question. And Ezekiel looks at God and he says, Oh, sovereign Lord, only you know. If you're asking me, God, I don't see any way. I don't see any hope. I don't have vision anymore. I don't see any way that this can live. God, it's impossible. But I'm here to tell you that when you have impossibilities in your life and you put God's word next to them, you begin to understand that God is the God of the impossible. Because impossibilities cannot coexist with God's promises. Impossibilities cannot stand up against the word of God. Because Matthew 19, 26 says, With man, this is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. And Ezekiel says, Only you know. And God looks at Ezekiel and he says, Yes, I do know how these bones are going to come to life. And I'm going to tell you how they're going to live. He tells Ezekiel in verse 4, he says, Prophesy to these bones and say to them, Dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Prophesy, declare the word of the Lord. And God said to Ezekiel, Ezekiel, you are going to prophesy life to that dryness. The miracle is in your mouth, Ezekiel. These bones coming to life won't happen automatically. You're going to speak words over this dryness, and you're going to see something happen. Because I'm going to get on the other side of those words, and I'm going to add my breath to your breath, but I need your voice, Ezekiel. I need you to speak into being what you don't even see yet. I need you to to describe the miracle before you see the evidence. I need you to stop talking about what is dry, why it's dead, who caused it to be lifeless, and I need you to talk to it. If you want dry things to live, you need to open your mouth. You see, God wants to make dry situations come to life, but he needs your voice, and he needs the breath inside your body to live, to breathe life. I don't know what this is for you. Marriage, 
depression, relationship, your job, healing, your dreams. I don't know what this is for you, but we all have them. And what do you see when you look at those dry bones? Do you see death or do you see possibility? Do you see it's over or do you see it's about to begin? You see, so many times we want to bury what God wants to breathe on. We want a replacement, but God wants a resurrection. Resurrections are a lot harder work. Replacement is, I'm done. I'm leaving the church. I'm leaving the relationship. I'm walking away. You're slamming the door in the face of God. And he's saying, why? Why waste all of that when I can breathe life over it? And God tells Ezekiel, you're going to speak to these bones. And this is what you're going to say. Verse 5, he says, This is what the sovereign Lord says to these bones. I will make breath enter you, and you will come to life. I will attach tendons to you and make flesh come upon you and cover you with skin. I will put breath in you, and you will come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. So Ezekiel begins to speak to the bones. And as he spoke, movement began to happen. There was a noise. There was a rattling. When you're getting rattled, there's a rattling in the valley. Bone attaches to bone. A femur flies by and attaches to a pelvis. A radius shakes into place next to an ulna. Ezekiel's in the valley and he's like dodging these bones that are attaching to each other. But then he starts to sing a little tune. You probably heard it. The knee bone connected to the thigh bone. The thigh bone connected to the hip bone, right? Tendon attaches to tendon. Organs are put into place. Muscles and ligaments are added. And finally, skin, flesh covers the skeletons. You see, there's an order. There's a process. And God isn't starting with the skin. This healing isn't skin deep. He's doing a bone deep work. God's begun his work of restoration far below the surface, deep within us. And he's working his way out. You see, he wants to heal our skeletal fractures first. He wants to heal the deep places that we might not be aware of. And he's working his way to a full restoration. And then Ezekiel stands back. He's like, he's checking things out. Bones are flying everywhere. And he's like, what in the valley of dry bones is happening? Right? And although there was movement and there was rattling and there was a noise, there was no breath in the bodies. There was no life. You know, just because it looks better doesn't mean it is yet. Just because you look like you are improving doesn't mean you are. Just because you look successful doesn't mean you are. Just because you look happy or impressive doesn't mean you are. Just because you've tucked it, painted it, tanned it, Botoxed it, financed it, 
You can look like you're improving, but until there's breath in your body, there's no life. And some of you have tried. You've believed and you've prayed and you've seen a little improvement. Time's a healer. It's gotten a little better in that broken relationship, but it certainly isn't full of life the way that you would want it to be. And you ask God, why isn't it getting any better? Why am I not seeing improvement? Why am I not seeing life? We've tried counseling. I've tried to say I'm sorry. I've tried to fix it. But maybe the reason why the bones are not coming to life is because you've not fixed the breath inside your own lungs. And you need to know how to breathe clean air today. It's not easy to breathe life sometimes because things want to get inside of us that affect our breath. So today, I have a breathalyzer. Raise your hand if you've had or ever had to use a breathalyzer. No, don't raise your hand. <laughs> some, of these, some of you need to be breathalyzed. If you were to breathe into this spiritual breathalyzer, what would it tell you? We're going to do a breath check today. You know when you check your breath, everybody do that. Check your breath today. We're going to check our breath today. There's three breaths that I want to talk about. Today, do you have bad breath? Do you have bad breath? My first experience with bad breath was in high school. Um, I was taught by a teacher, and her name was Mrs. Tomlin. And Mrs. Tomlin lived on Virginia Slim cigarettes and coffee. And I knew that whenever I were to walk up to her desk to ask a question or if I raised my hand and she would come to my desk to answer a question, I knew that I was going to have to brace myself because I was about to get hit by hurricane halitosis. (laughs) Or maybe when you wake up in the morning, you and your spouse, you have an agreement that you're not going to talk to each other until you brush your teeth. Because some of you wake up with breath that could kill a goat. Okay? So spiritually, if you were to breathe into this breathalyzer, you might find that you have bad breath. Maybe you've been offended. Offense has come into your lungs that you've not breathed out, and now it's gone toxic inside of you. Or maybe you're jealous. You see her perfect life on Instagram. You can't believe she got those shoes. Where is she vacationing this time? Oh, ooh, did she gain weight? You are jealous. And when, peop- when you speak, people can hear the negative inside your lungs. It's like you got bronchitis, and ain't nobody got time for that. <laughs> when you breathe over your marriage, you only speak of the negative. You criticize or you put down your spouse. You only talk about the hurt and the pain. You may have had the last word in that argument, but it wounded. Or maybe when you breathe over your children, you only speak of how they've failed or how they've disappointed you or let you down. You're critical. Or when you breathe over the possibilities of your future, it's with fear and it's with doubt. And you're wondering why the bones are not responding But the breathalyzer is saying, you aren't breathing life, you're breathing death. You've got spiritual halitosis. Maybe you need to fix some bad breath. 
Get rid of toxicity in your lungs. Stop having bad breath about the things that God wants you to breathe fresh life over. Tell your neighbor they need a breath mint. Tell your neighbor they need a New Testament. You'll get that later. (laughs) And if you were to breathe into this breathalyzer, maybe it would read waste of breath. Waste of breath. Maybe you need to stop wasting your breath on things that are not giving life to the bones, but that are taking energy out of your lungs. You're wasting your breath on things that don't matter. Your breath is used in arguments that are taking you around in circles. Or you keep trying to give advice that isn't necessary or it's being ignored and you are failing the breath test. Stop wasting your breath about a past mistake. It's gone. Stop wasting your breath on the mistakes you made as a parent and start breathing life and speaking life into ways that will give life to your children. Stop taking energy out of your lungs about a mistake that's happened in your marriage and start putting breath into the bones of what you see for your future. It's not too late. Or maybe if you were to breathe into this breathalyzer, it would tell you that you are short of breath. You're tired. You're exhausted. You're weary. You're overspent, lifeless. You barely have enough breath to make it through the day, much less breathing life over the valley that you find yourself in. You know, when Braden was born, he came out with his umbilical cord wrapped around his neck twice, and he was lifeless. He was limp. He was literally blue. And he's gasping for air. And the delivery room was so chaotic. And I remember the doctor handing Braden to the nurse. And she flips him over on on his tummy. And she's just beating his back. And she's saying, breathe, baby. Just breathe. You're short of breath. You're winded. Something has happened. You got punched in the gut and the air's been knocked out of you. It's an unexpected diagnosis. It's a disappointment. It's a death that you weren't expecting. You had the air knocked out of you and you can't breathe. You're gasping for air. The enemy's come in and he's wrapped himself around you like hopelessness just around you. And you cannot take another breath. But I want to say breathe. Breathe. Life isn't over. It's not going to get any worse. It just feels like it can. Just breathe. Capture the breath of God. Breathe. But I'm so upset. Breathe. But it's not fair. Breathe. You have the breath of God in you. And I know life wants to choke it out of you. Circumstances want to dominate what that breath is used for. Breathe. I want to tell you that God's not finished in your story yet. 
Ezekiel prophesied to the bones, and there was a movement, and there was a rattling, but there was no breath. The brain was in the head, but it wasn't thinking. The heart was in the chest, but it wasn't beating. The lungs were placed, but they weren't breathing. And God said to Ezekiel, I'm not done yet. I need you to prophesy again, Ezekiel. And this time, you're going to prophesy to the breath. I want to tell you, God's not finished yet. So don't quit now. But there's a little improvement. No, go again. Prophesy again until what's dead comes to life. So many times after asking God to do something, we don't believe that it's done. 2 Corinthians 1.20 says, God says yes. Faith adds its amen to God's yes. And then faith takes its hands off, leaving God to finish the work. Psalm 37.5 says, commit your way to the Lord. Trust in him and he will do this. So God says to Ezekiel, prophesy to the breath. Prophesy, son of man, and say to it, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe into these slain that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and I love this. The ruach comes. The Hebrew word for breath is ruach. It's like you have a popcorn kernel stuck in the back of your throat, and you're trying to get it out. Everybody say ruach. Ruach. Ruach is translated into English both as breath and as spirit. It's the same word, no distinction. And so when God breathed into Adam's nostrils in Genesis 2-7, the breath of life, the ruach of life, God was breathing his breath into Adam, which became the spirit of man. Ruach is the breath of life that fills a newborn's lungs for the first time. When Braden finally took his breath, That was the ruach, breath of life that filled his lungs. And it's the very essence of breath that sustains you and me as we breathe in and out. Verse 10. Verse 10 says, So I prophesied as he commanded me, and breath entered them. They came to life. These bones that are laying on the floor dead in this valley, no chance, no hope for life. The Ruach breath of life entered them. And they came to life. And they stood up on their feet, a vast army. God does not do half miracles. God is a God of wholeness. And so if wholeness is not there yet, it means God is not finished yet. Don't hold 
your breath. You keep breathing. You keep speaking. You keep prophesying. You keep trusting. You keep praying. We're not told how long Ezekiel is in that valley speaking to those bones. It could have been days. He could have been there months. You could be in your valley for years. It doesn't matter. Don't hold your breath. You must not give in. There's nothing too far for gone for God. He's not finished in your story. So don't you quit too early. There might be a rumble and there might be a noise, but God said it will become a vast army. So until you see that army, don't quit. Until you see life, an abundant life, keep prophesying. Until you see wholeness, keep speaking, keep talking. Until you see beauty come from those ashes, you keep believing. What does that look like? When you wake up in the morning, you speak life over your marriage. When you wake up in the morning, you breathe life over your children. You declare the true identity of your legacy. You stand up and you bravely declare who your children are called to be. You stand up and you bravely declare that they are more than conquerors. That they are not weak, but they are strong in the Lord. They are not beaten down by this world and they are not beaten down by their peers. But they are strengthened by the power of the Holy Spirit. You look for specific promises for your life and you say aloud of each one, this promise is mine. And you declare an amen to God's yes. Don't hold your breath. Don't hold your breath. You keep breathing hope. You keep declaring the word of God over every other word that is spoken. And you begin to shift dryness into life again because the word of God never fails. It's your spiritual oxygen mask. The Ruach, breath of God in you will awaken the bones around you. I'm gonna take a moment to pray over every woman here. You know, we're all life carriers and we have a role to breathe life over those around us. But sometimes we need those around us to breathe life over us. You know, when you're on an airplane and they give you the pre-flight instructions and they tell you that in case um, of loss of cabin pressure, that an oxygen mask will drop down from the ceiling. But they instruct you to be sure that you apply your oxygen mask first before you help those around you. Some of you need to apply this oxygen mask first. You've been breathing life. You've been trying to breathe life over those around you. But your oxygen level isn't where it needs to be. You need to apply the spiritual oxygen mask so that you can breathe life into your family and breathe life, breathe fresh air into your situations. And so I want to pray for all of the women here, not just the moms, because some of you are not moms. 
but you are mentoring someone and you are helping someone. And I believe that God has placed some of you in a valley of dry bones because he knows that the breath within you is going to awaken and bring life to the situations. So will you pray with me today? Jesus, I thank you on this Mother's Day for every woman in our house here. God, it's your breath in our lungs. It's your breath that we breathe, that we inhale. Father, I pray for any woman who is weary or tired and exhausted. Father, I pray that you would bring strength to her bones. Father, for any woman who needs healing, I pray that she would believe for wholeness. God, I pray that we would boldly and bravely declare life over our families, life over these dry situations. Father, we allow you to breathalyze us today. You're not finished in our stories yet. You are a God of wholeness. Bring fresh breath. Bring fresh life today, Lord. Awaken the bones within us as we breathe in your spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to the Creekwood Church Podcast. If you live in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, we would love to have you engage in one of our weekend services. For directions, service times, and more information about the ministries of Creekwood Church, please visit our website at creekwoodchurch.com.